Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Well, our opening rings true this morning, as it is only Jared and Zach here today. Whew. Okay. We back to normal. <laughs> the uh, new flavor, as it were, uh, is in school right now. And yeah. so Team Old Spice yeah. is going to hold it down for all of our classic listeners out there. Uh, and maybe, who knows, like I said, maybe we'll get some sponsorships. Old Spice, new flavor. Yeah. We'll rank us. But uh, it's a, it's President's Day as of the recording of this. True. We tired. Yeah. I'm very tired, but I'm excited to talk about the game we're going to begin to talk about today. Giddy up, because this is actually a real chill game. Like, this is a game, like, if I were feeling the way that I'm feeling, and I think Zach's feeling the way that he's feeling this morning, I would say, oh, this is something I can just casually play in the background, pick it up, put it down. No urgency in this game whatsoever, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. But um, we're talking about a game called Rightmost. Uh, and if you're listening to this the day it comes out, it's out today. So we'll talk more about that. Come back to us right after the break. Zach. Zach. What's up? Ever since we've gotten back from Boston, you've been spacey, and some weird things with your voice have been going on. Okay, I go to get some donkeys and I bang a Yui and you're acting all weird now with me? That's exactly what I'm talking about. All of a sudden you have like this southern Bostonian accent and I don't think that you're aware that you're doing it. I've always talked like this. No, no, you haven't. And okay, let's let's try something. I'm going to remind you of something that you did before Boston, like ask you a little trivia. Do you remember what the first murder mystery game on the podcast that we did? I remember some game that we did that was about Harvard. Was it about that? No. Okay. You remember anything else? Uh, do you know what state that the murder happened Yeah, it in? happened in Florida. Oh, are you talking about like the lovely city murder that happened yes. like the killing affairs That's game? what I'm talking about, but now you're not, now you're talking normal. Yeah. W- what do you mean? Oh, okay, uh, tell me what you liked about a killing affair. Oh, it's a really great game. It's like a murder mystery. It's episodic. You have to kind of figure out what happened on that day. It's a cold case as well. Um, but over, I think, five or six episodes, you get to complete it. Really fun game. And I know that at AKillingAffair.com, they have other games as well. And I think they currently have a Jigsaw one that they just created. So really excited to see that. So you remember all of that. But if I told you maybe that the next game that we were going to play was about the New York Yankees, you would say, Oh, screw the Yankees. Go Sox. Thanks for hanging around with us. We are back here in our first section to talk about the game that we got to play. And as we mentioned in the first section, we were talking about Rightmost by a company called Floppy Club. Very, very different game from what we are used to playing, but I'm so excited we're getting to play it because it really opens up the, I'm going to call it the puzzle verse, Zach. Yes. Of the different types and styles of games. So before we get into talking about likes, rooms for improvements, all that, Give us an overview of what really happens in this game. 
So what you're trying to do in Rightmost is a few different things, but the main goal is that you are basically reforming these planets, I'm, I'm going to call them. Um, but by doing that, you will need to complete certain puzzles that require um, rhythm-slash-audio-based style puzzles. So as an example, you might have a flat surface that is part of the planet you're trying to fix. And so on it, you'll notice like two little like pillars, I'm going to call them, and then you'll have like your starting point. And your goal is to connect both of them and then get back to your starting point. Uh, and when you do that, it plays like audio that completes it like it's making a rhythm to right. a certain like instrument. And when you complete all of them, you uh, get the reward of, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but, you know, the reward of completing the planet as well as the audio sync of all of them. Absolutely. And what's cool about it is you're listening to an audio loop yes. and you're literally making a loop yes. with your puzzle, which I think is really clever. But yeah, it's um, isometric view. You spin around this thing. You have six puzzles on every planet mm -hmm. to solve. And yeah, you're just kind of creating a very unique style or sound of music rhythm that's linked to some type of genre. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't know any of those <laughs> instruments. Zach. Yeah. Did you? Well, okay. The shaker ones I did, but the first one, if I remember correctly, and the third one I did, I did not know off the top of my head. It's, it's really cool. And, and, and as we're about to talk about, it's going to expose you to some things, unless you're like a deep musician, instrument lover, it's going to have the opportunity for you to kind of grow your knowledge, which is part of uh, Floppy Club's mission in yes. building audio-based games. Um, so let's jump into what we really liked about this game first. Mm -hmm. um, I love that this entire game's puzzling mechanic is based around sound. Yes. So like Zach said, you're trying to connect these pillars or nodes or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And when you've done it correctly it sets off a really rhythmic cadence for you to enjoy. And then you're always going to the next side. Imagine like a dice is yes. the best way that I can think about it. Each planet's like a dice. So you complete side one, maybe, you know, dice number two and three side open, and then you're just putting it all together. Mm -hmm. And it will not let you move on unless you have the full thing completed. But we've, we've talked about different games on this podcast that work on like a singular idea, like... When we played Zoria, mm -hmm. the entire puzzle game was about shadow. Yes. Um, think of games like that. This is what is happening in Rightmouse. Now, that's cool, but for people who are like, oh, maybe I'm not a big music person, the base puzzling here is you're moving a line around to yep. connect things. This is not rocket science. This no. is for the casual player here. And to sync it with something fun like audio, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, the audio sync in this game has been... It's honestly fantastic. It is really cool to kind of hearing the song throughout the entire experience, and then you get to create it, and you kind of notice it one step at a time as you're adding different pieces of the rhythm or the the, the song uh, together, and it, it's pretty cool to get to the end part. And then there's the part that kind of is actually our second like, was kind of the rabbit hole of information that you are presented about the thing when you finish it. So... When you finish a planet and you complete all six sides, um, it tells you what instrument was being played mm. um, for that song or what they were using. And so you can actually learn more about it on that page. It also lets you play it. So you can actually press certain buttons on the screen that like act like you're, let's say, shaking the shakers or you're playing the xylophone or whatever the instrument you know you are presented with is. And you can play with it. And you can also record it. So if you want to make a song, like the game will literally record it for you is one of the like things it says it has in its functions. 
But then also it just offers a lot of information like and then it can kind of give you a rabbit hole or start you down the path of gaining more knowledge about that instrument and like why you like it or why you didn't like it in terms of maybe the audio sound stuff like that. But because it linked you to more information about it. I believe so. Yes. Which, yeah, I thought was really cool. Here's my question to you, though. Okay. Is how much did you actually play around? Like after you beat the level and you got all the instruments, how long did you spend like making little beats and making little songs? The first one, I did it a little bit because I was intrigued. Um, I didn't record on any of them, to be honest, but I did play it. The first one I think I played the most in, I probably played like a minute worth of like messing around with it and just seeing if I could match the the beat that was going on with the, or the rhythm. The second one, which like I said, I believe was the Shakers that I did. I really liked that one. Um, I probably spent the most time on that in terms of, I just found it funny. Like <laughs> I was not hitting the rhythm at all, but I just, I liked doing it. Yeah. Uh, the third one, I, I did not do much at all by that point. But like I said, it's really cool that it offers that information because I was like, at first, I'm like, I have no idea what that is. I mean, it looks similar to the other things I know or other instruments, but, and then I'd mess with them, I'm like, ooh, and then I'd be like, <laughs> okay, time for me to move on, and I'd go to the next one and then work on that. Yeah, it's interesting, because I really liked messing around with it, although I'm usually not much of, like, a sandbox person when it comes to games. Like, I don't like Minecraft. A lot of games have these, like, build your own, record your own, make your own things. Like, Mario Maker, I don't like Mario Maker, which yeah. is ironic, because I love building escape rooms, mm. but... I, I thought it was like a fun little thing. And I found myself, and I don't know if you found yourself, like as you would go through a level, like just like vocally, like doing what had already been played, like boop, 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 boop. Like, and I like, I was like tapping my foot a little bit. And yeah. were you, were you finding yourself like joining in that at all too? A little bit. Yeah. Um, like so it depends on uh, certain ones. I think I got more into it with like, so the first one was kind of the first one that kind of introduced me to all of it. So I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then I think as it went on, I not to be against the game, but just my own thing. I just kind of stopped doing because I was more focused on solving the puzzles right. faster and faster. <laughs> Same. But uh, it was fun. Like it was like I said, it's a very chill game. I could see how I could play this very casually and just like you have like ten minutes between something. And you're like, oh, I'll just I'll solve another like world and find a new instrument. And then I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And let's you you mentioned puzzling there, and I want to talk about that as like our yep. third thing that we really liked. This game runs on a very simple mechanic, mechanics that we have seen in other games, just not used in this unique way. Yeah. But even for, I think we both played like for through the first three or four levels for the review of this, the scaling of it, it amped up pretty quickly for those of you that enjoy more difficult puzzles. Yeah. Um, I liked that. How did you feel about that? I did really like it. Um, it was a nice change because I was a little worried at first that it was just going to be the same same thing over and over again. And mind you, it is to a degree, but I mean, like, in terms of difficulty, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like, I just find a way to connect this to this again. Right. But, like, it would never get more difficult or add, like, scale. And then I, as the game went on, especially around, like, the second and third one, I was like, oh, like, there's actually, like, timing-based ones now and, like... I have to hit this exact point at this time when the like the floor falls and stuff like that. I was like, that's kind of cool. It definitely made it more interesting because I started actually like failing some of them on the first try instead Same. of like just instigating them. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and there was the reward of that too. Like I felt more, um, I felt more rewarded when I actually like messed up once or twice on a few of them instead of like the oh, this is clearly just a square one or. Like some of them, it was really cool being like, oh, I actually have to go like right down, right down, like left at this wall, stop up, down, you know, then get back to the beginning. So I found myself struggling a little bit on the ones where you were uh, moving the cube. 
Oh yes. Around because uh, there there's so many variations of that. Yes. But I agree. That's that was fun because I was worried too. I was like, this is going to be all about the music, nothing about the puzzling. We're going to blow through this, hear a bunch of musical instruments, and call it a game. Yeah. And that's not the case. No. Um, I think people who do enjoy very simple style of, like you said, scaling difficulty puzzles. There's a lot to like here. Mm-hmm. And the music will change varied enough level to level to kind of keep you engaged. So over, overall, as I would call this like a non-narrative, casual style game, I think there's a lot a lot of goodness here. Agreed. Now, I want to I flip to the room for improvement. We are playing this game through in beta. Yes. Um, as of today, the game is released. It's out. But Zach, I remember talking. You said you have a you had a couple of things that you didn't like just about playing it in beta that you assume will be better once the full version is launched. Oh yeah, like um, so as an example, mind you, it could have been like a weird thing and I didn't know it, but um, some of the settings in the, the beta version weren't fully in yet. So as an example, like it offers for you to play it on PC to play it better, like quality or like um in terms of screen size and for refresh rate of your screen so you know i used to be a big gamer so i have a really nice monitor that does it at like 175 hertz and i could only play at 60 even though it said i could play higher like i go to 144 stuff like that and so i was wanting that and uh it said that it took like five minutes of it like freezing for a second and then it changed it but then it didn't actually change like it was still at 60 and i was like okay um no idea if that actually was like worked yet or if it was like a setting on my end. So it could have been me, but I was like, uh, that didn't actually change anything. So I was like, oh, that kind of stinks. Like I'm 60 frames is fine, but when you when you're used to the big the big screen, <laughs> you can't go back to a little monitor anymore. So I was. I don't uh, know. This is like uh this isn't like hum- humble brag, Zach. This is like computer snob, Zach. I guess, yeah, <laughs> but. It's just true though. It's it's hard when you're like when you're used to something and then it like oh and it offers it and it doesn't actually let you do it. So it's kind of like oh that's unfortunate. But like I said, it didn't like stop the fun of the game. It was just one of those things. I was like oh this might be just a small like beta setting thing um, that it might not let you because it's probably limiting it to certain things. Um, outside of that, I think I ran into one other like graphic issue at one point, but it was very quick. It was not something that I would like say like you can't play this game or it's like bad. Like it was just one small thing. The rest of it was great in terms of what it offered for a beta version. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 I'm not that like, I'm like, I'll play on my dial up connection. <laughs> like I'm just, that's just me. But I, I think those are good things to note and we will see and kind of track how those go. The other thing I would say is there's not a whole lot of bad, there's no hint system in this game, but I don't also don't think this game really sets you up to need a hint system of no, any type. Not really. I think that would be very actually interruptive to the musical cadences that are going on. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I would say is I think this game, we played it on Steam, we played it on PC. This game is coming out on Switch. This game is coming out on iOS and Android. And I think I would actually want to play it on any of those other systems than what we played on so that I could actually do a touchscreen versus how we were experiencing this game. Uh, the mouse just felt kind of clunky with what you're trying to do. Would you agree? No, I agree. It was a little clunky at times, but it wasn't like too bad. I, I like I said, it's all like, I think minor things that will just get fixed over time or when it gets released. Um, Cause I know especially too, I don't know how you felt about certain levels, but the certain ones were like the level falls or like when the like parts of the yes. map fall. 
it seemed a little clunky there at times. Like it, the game couldn't recognize like fast enough that it fell. Right. Or and you're like, did. no, I and beat it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is weird. And I was, I had small moments like that, but like I said, it wasn't like too detrimental. It was just like, oh, that's kind of noticeable at times. Like that's not how that's supposed to fully work. Or maybe I, I, I glitched it. I, I guess. agree. So, and anything else you want to add to room for improvements before we wrap it up, head into our middle section? Um, no, not really. We talked about, I don't know if you brought this up, but we talked about earlier, it was about like the no true narrative. Um, sure. Like if you are looking for a very big and important narrative, this game so far from when we played of it, make it very clear, um, doesn't really provide that. It's not, it's mostly meant to have pu- cool puzzles at scale as well as give you more information and kind of teach you about instruments, but it's not, so far, there's, like, a small narrative that does definitely play with, like, the planet system stuff. But outside of that, so far, I can't tell there's any, like, true big narrative that plays through all of them. I think that's a good point. Again, we would classify this as a casual pick up, put down, play as you go. It saves your progress at any point in this game. This is for on-the-go mobile gaming, which is why I don't think this is a great game to play on your PC. Because if you're going to sit down and play a game at your PC, you probably want to play something a little more intense i don't know i just yeah. feel like this game is tailor-made for a great mobile mobile thing agreed but that's really going to wrap us up for room for improvements uh, we're going to be coming back at you in our next section to talk about something that this game does really well but some people like and some people don't we'll be right back jared how do they do it how do they do what, man? Scarlet Envelope every month sends me a new game with a new story and new formatting, but it all works so well. Dude, I know. It's like one month I'm catching a serial killer in the 50s. Right? But then when another one, we had to stop the second galaxy war. I know. And then the next month, I'm trying to rescue a dragon in the medieval kingdom. It's just crazy that every month they keep sending out a new game that also leads up to like this crazy secret society element. It's It's... A gift. I don't know how they do it. But here's what I do know. If you want to go to scarletenvelope.com and use code PUZZLINGCOMPANY, all one word, you can get $10 off their catch-up bundle, which is a full set of 13 games. Or you could just sign up monthly and journey with it. They're so fun. I'm so excited for the next one. I can't wait. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. Um, we are here in the second section of the show that is Puzzles to the People. Uh, in this section, as we've done many times before, we get to talk about a topic that might be related to the game. Or, you know, if you're a veteran of the podcast, you know, sometimes Jared used to ask me questions or we look at reviews, stuff like that. Um, we might cover a few of those little things, but mainly this will be kind of talking about a topic that is related to the game. And you kind of already hinted at it a little bit at the end of the first section, but I'm intrigued to know what you're going to be throwing at me. Well, if you even watch the videos of Rightmost, you'll notice that it's the same puzzle type, Mm -hmm. as we talked about, that just scales. Yes. Becomes more complex, becomes more difficult, but they're not in the middle of the game saying, here's a cipher, or here's a matching puzzle, right? there, It is one style of puzzle the entire game. So that's what I want to talk about today is... This is not anything new. There are lots of games out there that are single puzzle mechanics that adapt as the game goes on. 
And my first thought or my first question to you is what's your preference? Like, do you, what's your preference and maybe how do you consume these games? So we play a lot of games that are quite the opposite where, yes. and I've said this on numerous, numerous times on the vacation variety is the spice yes. that I enjoy for a lot of these different games, but that doesn't mean that these other games shouldn't exist. So the, again, question to you, how do you feel about these games? What's your preference? And if you do have a single type of mechanic, how do you choose to imbibe that? Okay. Um, so it definitely depends. I think variety is the spice of life, especially when it comes to at-home games or puzzle games or, or video games that I play. Um, I will say they definitely do have their place. Um, I think a great example of a game that I really enjoy, and I know some people might have played this game before, older ones, uh, is Balloons Tower Defense or most tower defense-based games, right? Like, the idea of the game is that you are, you're doing tower defense. There's only so many things you can do, right? It's just a lot of his strategy. It's figuring out like, oh, like on this wave, they're going to introduce this thing. So like in Balloons Tower Defense, it's it's little monkey guys that you like power up and they have different abilities and stuff like that. But you, you know, you know, on like the level 70, like the first huge blimp comes in that has lead or, you know, insert whatever happens, right? So um, it's the same traditional game. Like there's nothing new spicing it up and you can replay it over and over again and try new things to try to complete it or add difficulty to it. But it, it's just the same level. Um, I think games like this are very good at being casual games, like games you play passively or when you have free time, because generally a lot of them, depending on the game, can be quicker. Um, so as an example, like Blue's Tower Defense, depending on how high of a level you play, and if you play only like level 1 through 80 or rounds 1 through 80, that's like probably like 15, 20 minutes. It's not too bad. You can play it, have fun. You can do shorter versions of the levels if you wanted to, too, to get more, like, you know, if you platinum it or try to get all the, like, things. They had new challenges every month that kind of spice up a little bit in terms of new enemies, but, like, the base game's the same. Same with most tower defense games. Um, if you play, like, um, StarCraft or any of the kind of RTSs, like, you know, in those, it's same gameplay. It's just new, like, events or new maps, stuff like that. So the game doesn't really spice up too much out of the base gameplay. Um, so I think they're really fun to play like casually or when you like want to, I would not recommend like, in my opinion, games like this, I don't think it's a game you play like straight for like 50 hours and try to beat it. I think mm -hmm. it's something you like, Oh, I have like an hour. I want to play like balloon star defense and beat like a level or two and then I'll be done. And then, Oh look, I have like 20 minutes between class or, um, you know, I'm about to, I'm chilling at the gym after work or, you know, after working out and I have like an hour, like I'll play this while I'm like listening to music, like stuff like that, like very chill games. I could see Rymos being in terms of the, a game that's similar. Like I think Rymos could be one of those games that like I'm chilling at the gym after I get done working out and I'm just sitting there like relaxing and I could play that for like 30 minutes and beat a few levels. Absolutely. No, that I like how you went back to the word that we use a lot in the first part of the show, which is casual. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I you know, sometimes when we're a little bit behind on the podcast and we run into one of these games and it's like, oh, I got to go crazy and I got to spend three hours on the game. I'm like, I can't, I can't, like, I just can't keep, I, that's how yeah. I played right most. Like I played it a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here mm. and it's hard. But then I think of games like critically came games like The Witness, Yeah. right? Like, there is now you can make an argument. There is the exploration part of the witness. Yes. And then, the, but every single puzzle is a variation of the same mechanic. Yes. Right. So, it's an interesting notion in my mind to say like, how do you experiment 
with something like this, right? Like, mm. so, and I think rightmost is a good example of that, right? Like they took a base concept that we've seen in a lot of apps before. Like if you've ever played that, connect the, the colors together while leaving it all on the grid or my daughter plays this game on her iPad that's called, it's like a hue game and you're just like matching colors. Hmm. But for those games, they just leave it at that. Rightmost added a really subtle narrative, I would call it, if you want to call it that, but also like sound. Yeah. So how do you, does it matter to you? Like do levels of bringing different elements together matter for this style of game for you? You're like, oh no, I'll just play any old thing as long as it's a good game. I think it's always n nice to add more things to it. I think in terms of like, if I only thought of this game as like a phone game, I don't think audio would be as needed, but I think audio very much, mind you, the purpose of the game is to be more about the instruments and then the, the puzzles are also included in that. So I think the music's very, or the audio is very important for this experience versus maybe like a more traditional, like casual phone game where it's just like matching colors or making the lines all connect without cutting each other off, you know, or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think audio is super important for, like, this experience. I also think it's just it's very cool that it adds such solid audio to it. It's not like um, some, like, phone games I've played. It's the same, like, looping theme song just played in the background over and over, and you're like, this is so, like, I'm, like, zoning it out. I don't care. <laughs> but at least for this, like, the difference, too, is that the audio changes every level. Like, it's not the same song being played over True. and over in most. It's, like oh, it's a different song and a different instrument playing it. So, like, it, it feels like a nice, like, variety or s extra spice to the game that is not sometimes included in other games like it. I, I agree with that. I, I do think games like this can be elevated to a very high level, but they've got to be intermixed with different mechanics. Even though we didn't lose sight of, hey, the core of this game, like you said, is we're making music and the style of puzzle is tower connection. Right. Mm. Um, but it is interesting, I think, to see this in the puzzle world and to see it in so many other different places as well. Right. Because yeah. then you can start doing what we always do and dissecting it and saying, like, well, is this really just a singular mechanic or is this really like a double mechanic? Right. Yeah. Is is Fortnite really a single mechanic game or is it a multi mechanic game? Mm. Like, um, but this is what we are used to on a number of different plays, like going up playing Mario. You can, we can make an argument all day about, Oh, Mario's just like a platformer. You're just jumping around. Sure. To, but, it, but it does, it follows the same pattern. Like, you know, level two is more complex and more difficult than level one and level three and more than two. So you're seeing that base idea there, but I would argue there's a lot more to Mario than there is to right most. Yeah. They're two different things, but it is interesting just taking a simple idea, I'm drawing a line, connecting towers, making a loop, but then that scaling aspect. Yes. So that's that's where I want to spend the last little bit of this is talking about the notion of scaling. We talk a lot about in other episodes difficulty. Yes. This seems to be like a very linear upwards difficulty and curve. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Like, we obviously made it through three or four levels. I believe there's 12 to 13. I'd have to double check the notes. Mm -hmm. But um, how do you feel about that? Like, do you wish it would just have kept it simpler? Do you wish, do you think all games that run single identity puzzles need to increase the difficulty? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, 
I think in a game like this, it makes sense that it would be pretty linear in terms of like its difficulty scaling. So, um, I think it's I think it's good. I think the only problem sometimes would be like if the, if you leave on kind of like a harder note in the game and you like take a break and you come back and like you're stuck in that puzzle for like forever, then you're just stuck on it. Um, there's not really a way to like go around it in terms of how the game currently functions that I know of. Um, other than just going and playing old ones again, but um, I think it's good. It's like most. Like I said, I'm not saying this is, like, a, a phone game. I'm trying not to, like, it's not, like, a diss or anything like that. But as a comparison, like, I think of most, like, phone-style games, more casual style. Like, they do all get more difficult. Like, yeah. the point of them is that you are scaling, like, you play beginner levels, and then you play medium difficulty, and then you play hard. Like, that's the function of those games. Like, it's meant to get more difficult so that there is more of a reward for completing more difficult levels and using your brain more, um... So, I think it works. I think the only thing is if I wanted this game to be really easy and super casual, then, like, and I mean in terms of, like, oh, I can play this and, like, never question it, it'd probably want to be a little bit more easy. Like, I want to probably keep the same difficulty around, like, a medium for the rest of the game. Um, but for me, like, someone like myself, I think I would want the scaling difficulty. Like, I don't I think I'd want it to stop at some point. I agree, because it is interesting when you when you run into a traditional game like we play, the difficulty, in my opinion, is very subjective. Yes. Right? Oh, I'm not good at foldy puzzles. This is going to be more difficult than me. And there is some, I believe, objectivity to making, like, I'll use the cipher puzzle more difficult or less difficult. But more often than not, the difficulty can wax and wane. Yeah. Kind of same in the escape room. But in these style of games, unless something just naturally clicks with you when a element of the puzzle changes it gets difficult. Like, think about, like, Bejeweled. Yeah. Or, like, my uh, my kids love playing, like, Minion Run. Uh, it you, Nobody's arguing that it gets harder, faster, quicker. But I just think that's so interesting that that seems to be a more typical component of these single dynamic games mm -hmm. and less of what we do in our world. Because I think it's almost impossible for a creator to tell you what's going to be more difficult or not. It may take you longer, but that doesn't mean it's more difficult. Sure. Right? Why do you think that is? That is a good question. So it depends on the game for sure. Um, I think why variety cannot fit like such a linear scaling difficulty is that depending on like what you are trying to do in your experience, like in an escape room or in a um, tabletop game, is I think sometimes one... Creating a very linear scale makes it more difficult for the game to continue. And I think sometimes you need that spice of, like... Because what you're mainly trying to do, right, is c complete certain goals or have them learn new narrative or complete yep. sections of the game. Yep. It's not about, like... It'd be different if the tabletop game or the escape room's, like, complete the levels, and then it's, like, level one. Like, th that would make sense. But when I'm playing, like... Mind you, some of these games are not perfect examples for this, but, like, we... We talked about it off air, but like, escape the room, like the cursed dollhouse, like it's main made for you to do certain sections. Like you go, like oh, I'm gonna start at this part in the story. Like you do these three things. It does scale a little bit, but like you might figure out that the third puzzle is easier than the first. But like all three of them connect to each other. You complete them. You finish that section. You move to a new one, and it doesn't get harder. It just changes, and then yes. you learn like a new. Yes. And it feels nice because it kind of gives you like a restart to kind of go like oh. Like maybe a new like new mechanics added or a new style of puzzle is introduced, and you can kind of like 
Yeah, like, it gives you a good way to, like, jump between sections. Like, a very good onboarding system of, like, let's jump you back into a new section and you fully get it. It doesn't feel like, I did section one and then section two, I have no idea how this works. And it got completely more difficult, too. Um, I think that really works. And it also helps people get the narrative or, like, the other elements. While most mm. games with the scaling difficulty that we're talking about generally don't have as much of a big narrative that I can think of. Not, I'm not saying every game that it has a scaling linear difficulty does not have a narrative. Sure. But be careful. You're going to get roasted on Reddit. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm just, when I think of it, like in terms of escape rooms, like imagine if every puzzle d- just got way more difficult after the next one. Like, that would not be fun. Yeah. Like the last puzzle would be like, yeah, you can't get out. Good luck. Have fun. Mind you, you want, and also depends on how you're doing that stuff too. I think most of them, the big difference for how we feel. And I think it's something that we do at like our escape rooms is like, the, the story or what we're trying to have them do, right? Like, you want it to start off easier so they have a good introduction and get a good idea of how things are going to go. Make it a little bit more difficult until they complete something big. Then restart them in terms of like, oh, like, we're back to this new puzzle and a good transition. Like, make this easier than being yep. extremely difficult. Right. Then go into the next area and go like, okay, we're going to start introducing some little bit more difficult puzzles, but, like, there's, like, four of them. So you need to complete four kind of medium to easy puzzles and then you're gonna get one big one again and you complete that then it's another few easy ones until you get to the end and then the end you can make the, like, the climatic puzzle difficult and then make the ending like easy so there's a good resolution of like oh you worked really hard you completed the harder puzzle now like let's get you out or yeah. whatever and i think that has served most people a service or like a good service instead of it being like oh like well i'm on puzzle seven in my escape room i have absolutely no idea and then you go to the next puzzle in the escape room and they go, well, you struggled. You needed eight hints for seven. Good luck with eight. And you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this thing. Here, here's what I, you were helping me think through this by saying all this. Here's what I think the difference is. You're talking about the difference between skill building and skill switching. Yes. So in right most, you're skill building. Yes. And then each new level offers new complexity mm-hmm. to then further your skill building. What we do a lot of in at-home puzzle games, especially the tabletop world, it's not so much you're building on something, but they're like, the next envelope is going to challenge you to do something different. Yes. Right? In my mind, it's like in the Olympics, the difference between somebody that's running the 100 meters, you know, they're always going to run the 100 meters versus someone that does like the decathlon. Yes. Right? They get to do all of these different things and that switches. So again, it's the variety of most of the puzzle games is what I love. Agreed. I love being able to switch from a a rightmost puzzle to a cipher, to a matching puzzle, to a jigsaw puzzle. Like I love, I I just love the scattered and kind of craziness of it all. And that's what an escape room is. Sure. I haven't run into the escape room experience. That is like skill building. Yeah. Using one or maybe two things throughout the way through it. And I don't know, there's not a freshness to that. So no, that was good. That I, I liked. I was working through that in my mind. I like getting that t- together. So again, if you're listening this as of February 28th, which is the day this episode is going out, this game is available Android, iOS, Steam, Switch. You can pick it up any place. Really great, in our opinion, casual game to bring together sound music, single style puzzling with scaling. It's really, really, really fun. We want to thank the people at Floppy Club yes, for the opportunity you. to play this. Uh, be sure to check them out. They have some really other great content that is already available. And uh, we look forward to kind of just playing this in the background 
as we do with many of our other games. But be sure to check them out, Floppy Club, on social media. And for us, Zach, how can they help us out? Yeah, there's a few different ways you can help us out. Um, one, you can go follow us on social media. So you can go to um, Twitter now. Um, Hunter's been running Ooh. on Twitter. You can go to our... The uh, new flavors on the socials. Yeah, they go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. Um, we post on there about new episodes and also kind of some behind the scenes that Matthew Hunter been doing for us. Um, you can go support us on Patreon. Uh, you can go on Patreon and support us at Puzzling Company. Um, there is one tier you can join on. You'll be able to start seeing our spoiler club, start getting to see kind of things that we want to talk about that we can't talk about on our current episodes, which we'll be recording that very soon uh, about right most. Um, and then final things, you can go to wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, if that's iTunes, if that's Google, um, wherever it is, you can leave us a five-star review. We would super appreciate it. That's great. So next week is exciting. If you haven't figured this out yet, we have a little bit of a rhythm to how we do our new months. It's yes. tabletop, digital, then video game. Super excited. I'm holding it in my hands right now. We will be playing the new Road to Innsmouth, the deluxe edition. And this is a partnership between Hourglass Escapes and the Arkham Horror world. So yes. this is going to be a very tabletop toppy episode, and we're super excited um, to partner up with them to bring you that episode. So mm -hmm. be sure to check with us at the beginning of March, and hang with us. Exciting stuff coming in April yes. as well. I will throw that out there. But um, for Jared and Zach, this has been Puzzling Company. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. <laughs>